Before we begin this episode, we'd like to dedicate it to Dayton Clark. The Oregon Ducks forward passed away after being struck by a delivery truck on his walk home early Saturday morning. Originally from Greater Victoria, the right-handed forward also previously played for the Cam River Fighting Walleye in Ontario before moving to Eugene, Oregon. Clark had just completed his freshman season with Oregon. It was a part of the recruiting class that was brought in to help the Ducks make the jump to ACHA Division One. On behalf of the Hockey House podcast, we send our thoughts and prayers to the Clark family and the Oregon hockey community. A GoFundMe has been set up and aims to raise $40,000 to help bring Clark home to Greater Victoria and the costs of the memorial arrangements. At the time of this recording, the GoFundMe has already raised nearly $39,000. You can head to the link in our bio on social channels at Hockey House Pod to make a donation. Clarky was a great hockey player and an even better teammate. Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 96, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you all the latest news from the ACHA and AAU college hockey. We have a star-studded, full-house lineup here. It is the final episode from Hockey House HQ here in Syracuse before I head out. It is a very, very special episode, and to start things off, we are going to throw it over to a guy that we have not heard from in a very, very long time. We're happy he's alive. He's back at home. Mr. Colin Fitzgerald, how are you? It's good to be back, boys. I was I was fighting, battling, no Wi-Fi in the Fed, so uh, I didn't want to stay at the team apartments. They're more of like a... A team frat house so i was paying for my own place and wi-fi just wasn't in the cards hopped on a few episodes with you guys but i was really tr- it was hard trying to make it work those few times so i kind of just folded up the computer and then i had to dust off the mic when i pulled it out today I had some cobwebs on it i apologize to you guys not being around and then any of the fans out there any of the avid listeners that have been missing me don't know why you would if you guys are uh are listening i'm back and i'm sorry for the hiatus yeah it was it was a good season at binghamton but uh definitely happy to be home it was tough for the listeners uh fired up in the fed with fitzy got canceled on like episode two of season two so <laughs> they, 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 there's a lot of catching up we have to do yeah yeah i got a lot of stories that that could be a whole pod in in and of itself. More unceremoniously canceled than that Barstool show on ESPN. Let's talk about what happened for you and uh, your injury status as well, because I think that's also a topic of conversation. It was a rough year, a month or a little over a month before playoffs. I block a shot on a five on three fingers just completely pointed the other way had to go get a screw put in it and all that jazz that was surprisingly was my first broken bone my, my whole entire life so I think I've, I've done pretty good I gotta reach out to warrior I don't feel like I should be breaking my finger with those gloves that they give us like I said it was a fun season some injuries here and there the broken finger is the biggest one but we battle through that's what that's what the Yacha guys do we're not afraid to, to get in there and muck it up a little bit we'll have to have you like jot down some of the stories and then maybe throughout the summer you could we can dive and we can do the fired up in the fed segment and we'll just break down a story each week during the summer i like that yeah yeah let's do that all right we'll throw it over next to our executive producer david herman who's been working overtime in utica the last time we caught up but herm you got to go down to the city last weekend enjoy it i saw you were rocking the karaoke which always means it's a good time uh how have you been lately I spent the weekend in Fordham with great, great fan of the show, arguably number one, Laura Martino and her friends. We went out to a couple of places in the Bronx 
and the good majority of the student body had already gone home. So we went to this place called the Barnyard, and it was just the four of us in a bar that had a capacity of like 250, and the DJ was still there, and there were still like three bartenders. All of the staff was like outside, and we walked in, and we had basically like our own little private concert. So that's where the karaoke started, because the DJ literally got back up into his booth because there was no music playing when we walked in. We just kind of requested our own songs and kind of vibed out got to go back home and surprise my mother for mother's day she had no idea i was coming kind of sold her on the idea that i was tied up at work same went for surprising my dad my stepmom really really cool i guess at this point in the summer i kind of feel like a normal 24 year old i'm playing in a rec volleyball league right now with the comets and some of the ucfc guys less hectic of a schedule at the moment and it it, it feels good to kind of decompress and take a step away for a little bit are the ucfc guys living there in the off season Some of them. A couple of them are Boston-based. A couple of them are Chicago-based. A couple of them are local in the Syracuse-Rochester area. Juan and and Q, the guys that are on the team, and and Rafa as well, are all all local, so they stick around. And uh, last time we caught up with this guy, I think he was battling finals like I was. We'll throw it over next to Mr. Aiden Collins. He looks like he's home now. Finally home. We had a a massive academic comeback and finished the year strong. Was feeling like the, the 2014 Kings in the first round after going... Oh, and three uh, against the Sharks. But yeah, like I said, we're back home. Uh, last week, we went to my dad and I went to go see Joe Russo's Almost Dead to all the, the Grateful Dead fans out there. Wild experience. Um, the dude in front of me, uh, this is the only time I've ever seen this. He ate an entire sheet of acid, like an entire sheet. It was this dude was just gone. It was it was wild. We were finally 21. Uh, had a great time last Thursday with uh, with some of the boys, and yeah, I finally have a job as a as a marketing intern at STX. Uh, so I will continue to spend my summer uh, like I have been the past couple of weeks on the lacrosse films and uh, getting the opportunity to do some other cool stuff that I cannot disclose. But um, it it is going to be a lot of fun. Are you going to have time to get into this uh, this bird fountain they got going in the left field bleachers at Camden Yards? We got to get you in there with like a hockey house pod hat on. Yeah, if we can get me get me front row in the uh, in the bird bath, might be possible. I mean, twenty dollar tickets, so. It's one of the most electric things in sports right now. My buddy and I, one of my high school teammates, were thinking about getting like a six-game package for O's tickets. So that might be in the cards where you get. Hopefully, that that day, the day I go and I have a hockey house uh, hat on, it's not a no-hitter or something. So it needs to be a double or more, uh, and then you get sprayed with water. So all right, and last but certainly not least, in his final episode, we'll we'll get to it more on the second half of the show. It'll all be about this guy but glick how's it been you're back in in the bedroom here we see the jerseys behind you wrapped up graduation saw the photos everything looked great how have the last couple of weeks been back where it all started back in my childhood bedroom but yeah officially graduated college um incredibly incredibly happy to finally get that weight off my chest is something i've been basically gunning for since i was a little kid and finally now that as 22 year old i can finally say i'm a college graduate um you know it's a really big deal for someone who's first generation american like myself and i'm just excited for this next chapter of my life um, how about a month before i start my full-time job so i'm gonna try and enjoy that as much as i can i'm going to ireland for about a week with my girlfriend so i'm very excited for that as well where's uh where's the job the job is still in the city of brotherly love thank goodness i don't ever have to leave this beautiful city for the for the meantime and i'm just really excited to you know be able to be in the best city in america 
Awesome stuff. We're looking forward to that. Glick, just like you, I, I wrapped up graduation this weekend. It was kind of a wild one. I think we, we've talked about it plenty of times, but this is the last year that the guys on our team are going to have this house. I think they've had it for almost eight years now, which has been an amazing run. Considering all that this house has been through, I cannot believe that it's still standing today. I actually cooked mac and cheese last night while I was boiling the water. The stovetop burners caught on fire. Um, the flame was about... Two and a half feet tall, I think, was my estimate. For all the times this semester we said we were going to burn this house to the ground, I almost did it in the last week of its existence. The scary one, we dodged a bullet. We decided that, hey, it might be better to just go get five guys for dinner. And uh, we enjoyed that. It was awesome having my family in town. Got to you know have my family meet my roommates families and we did a nice cookout outside the house gave everyone a tour of the house the grandparents were loving it uh seeing all the exposed drywall and the beer posters and all the good stuff that comes with the house and it's been bittersweet seeing you know the empty walls in here and getting ready to move out as soon as we get done recording this is when I'll start taking down the jerseys behind me and I don't know if it'll truly hit me until I pack up that U-Haul tomorrow and drive back to North Conway New Hampshire but uh, it's been a heck of a run and my roommates and I have just been looking at each other the last couple days and it's like as good as it feels like there's nothing else that we we wanted to do while we were here so that's like a very satisfying moment it's sad that we're leaving but at the same time we feel like we accomplished everything that we wanted to while we were here so definitely some exciting time since we last talked, I inked my internship for the summer too. Um, I'm going to start out as a copywriter at McKinney, which is in New York City. And I'm going to be moving in with my roommate in the friendly confines of Staten Island for the summer. So looking forward to that. It should be a really good summer. And we'll kind of get to what the summer looks like a little bit later on in the show. But I figured it's time that we jump into some news. Not as much stuff to talk about. That's kind of why we took the last couple weeks off because we mentioned Glick and I had graduation. Her was wrapping up playoffs. Fitzy was in the playoffs. Collins was doing finals. So it was just kind of easier to take those two weeks off. And there, there wasn't much news, but I did have the chance to go to Chicago, which was a really cool experience. Fitzy, just a wonderful city you have there. Had heard all the, the really cool things about it, but it was definitely interesting. I, I, I went by myself. I gave myself the tour of Wrigley while I was there. That was like the one thing I wanted to make sure I had time to do was walk around Wrigleyville. I wasn't really big into seeing the bean. People were gonna like, you gonna go see the bean? I was like, I I could care less about the bean. Let me walk around Wrigley Field. Didn't get to go to the United Center, but it was close to the hotel. But Chicago gets slept on. It get, it gets slept on. You as a kid, I used to go to the city a lot, but uh, I was pissed because I missed you by like a, you know a week. Came home from Binghamton like literally a few days after uh, that you were here. So we'll we'll get it one of these years when they when they have the showcase. We'll 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 get together. I was in and out of there. It was you know Joe Caprio. Fortunate enough for the third year in a row, he invited us out. Finally got to go. Um, I know Herm got to go to Chicago a while back to go to the um, Herm. What do they call that? That was. The- the Chicago Classic. Chicago Classic. Yeah, and uh, they're going to be doing that again next year. But Joe was fantastic. I've been to a lot of. I've played in a lot of showcases. I've never attended one, but this was by far the best run showcase I've ever been to. Coaches rooms. They had packets available for everybody. Food for everybody. You know, sponsorship opportunities. Everything that you can ask for in a showcase from a player perspective and a coaching perspective. I'm assuming the parents loved it too. All in all, it was a great trip. Definitely, it's the first time I've ever traveled alone, which was really cool. Flew into O'Hare, took the blue line all the way into the hotel, and uh, the rink was just a walkover from the hotel. But I met a bunch of 
fantastic people. So I wanted to give them shout outs. Uh, first person I ran into was Kentucky coach Tim Pergram. He recognized me from uh, when we met a couple weeks ago in Marlboro. And uh, he was like, Mackenzie, how's it going? And it was just, uh, he's got this soft Southern voice. Good to catch up with him. We got some exciting things planned with Kentucky moving forward. I met Stevenson Division II ACHA coach Mike Ergo. Uh, he was a blast at the at the cocktail hour. Met a, met a lot of coaches during that. Met the staff at Utah. I talked to GM AJ Bolden and uh, their women's one assistant coach, Rodney Stett. They were great. I met Jeremy from Lake Superior State University. He works with their D2 men's team and their women's team. I I talked a lot with the Kansas coaching staff and uh, one of my favorite conversations I actually had was with the UGA and Auburn women's coaches. They were out and about. It was the first time they did a women's showcase. So there's plenty of women's coaches there. That's Jack Rosenhammer from Auburn and then UGA's assistant coach, Jason Reihard. Joey Collega was there too. Hockey House All-Star, former guest from South Carolina. Non-ACHA though, he is the assistant coach for Hood, which I believe is, Collins, I need your help here. Is that in Maryland? Yes, that is in Maryland. That's in uh, Westminster, I think. Let me double check. Uh, Frederick. They're adding, not next season, but the year after that. So 2024, 2025, they're adding a Division Three women's program. He's going to be an assistant coach there. They were recruiting at the showcase. The coolest story I got, the West Virginia, I believe it was their GM or president. It was funny. He was like talking to me about how he doesn't really understand social media that much, but people were reaching out to him and they were like, hey, Hockey House Pod reposted our jerseys. And he thought it was the coolest thing ever. He thanked us because he said when they launched their jerseys, he expected they would sell maybe like 50 of them. They sold more than they could have ever imagined. And he was giving me a hard time because of us posting it. It gave him more work because he was the one who had to ship out all of these jerseys. It was that interaction, those kind of interactions, which were really cool. And Herman Collins know, but when we're in Marlboro or Westchester, there's a lot of running around and not a lot of time to catch up with people. And it was good. There wasn't much content to be done, but a lot of social networking got to catch some great hockey. The other interesting thing I thought was my, one of my favorite parts too, was I tended, they had a panel where Jim Martin from Michigan state and he works for the ACHA. He got up and he did a presentation about the ACHA and he actually showed um, everybody the almanac that Herm had created a couple of years ago. Just listening to the questions that these kids had about the ACHA. It was just amazing because these are 16, 17, 18 year old kids. And they're asking like the most, not that I would laugh at these questions, but it's like, wow, like there's still ways to go about educating people about the ACHA because it's so different in every school. And I just thought uh, Joe Caprio and the staff there did a great job of answering as many questions as they could, providing kids the opportunity to meet as many ACHA coaches as they could. What are some of the examples of of those takeaway questions. Maybe we've got some of those high school age kids listening in right now and they don't have that platform to necessarily ask. What do you think? What would you say some of those quality questions were or maybe ones that caught you off guard? For me, it was like parents, mostly parents, honestly, they would be like, what are the practice times? How far is the rink from campus? And it's just like the overall arching theme that it is different at every single school. When you're going about the recruiting process, it's important to know what those things are at every school. It's not like, hey, you're going NCAA Division three, which means you're going to get no academic scholarship. You're going to get X amount of, of apparel. You're going to be in the weight room X amount of hours. Like it's not the same at any school. That would be my one. My one takeaway was for the kids looking to play in whether it's the ACHA or AAU college hockey, just make sure when you're looking at these schools that you're getting all of that information, you're comparing it just because Syracuse has a rink on campus 
does not mean Villanova has a rink on campus or just because this team has a locker room and gets to keep their gear there does not mean that this team gets to keep their like those are the questions you want to ask. And the biggest thing that I told kids when I talked to them is every school has a hockey team. There's probably a handful out there that don't, and they're probably looking to add them, but just find the school that you want to go to first. And then once you have all those schools, start looking at the hockey programs and that's when you can kind of compare them. So those are kind of my big takeaways, but it was just really fascinating to listen in. And as little as these kids knew about the ACHA, it felt like it was 10 times more than what I knew at their age. So it was definitely cool to take in. Herm, I'll turn it over to you for the next thing on the list, though. Some Bobcats cleaning up uh, awards in M1. Unsurprise here. We've talked about him all season. Luke Reeve wins Rookie of the Year and the M1 Player of the Year. Uh, In addition, Leo Marone gets the M1 Coach of the Year. Despite the loss to Adrian at Nationals. It was a phenomenal season, a turnaround one for the Bobcats, which in my opinion has them on the real, real right direction. To know that Luke has three more years ahead of him in Athens and however long Leo decides that he wants to stay in Athens for because wherever he goes if he wants to stay in Athens for one year or 10 he's got an incredible future ahead of him that program is on the up and up awesome and I want to make sure we give a shout out to the other ACHA award winners these were announced at the coaches convention down in Florida which was a couple weeks ago but in ACHA Men's Division Three, Cam McAtee from the University of Arkansas took home player of the year. And then the coach of the year went to Cal Stripling, the University of Michigan coach, the national champions. Navy cleaned house in the Women's Division Two awards. Lauren Power was the player of the year. And Navy head coach Ashley Harper was the coach of the year. In ACHA Men's Division Two, it was Ian Malcolmson from Concordia University of Wisconsin. And the coach of the year was David Weaver from Montana State. And then in Women's Division One, Hannah Stone, Lights out goalie for Midland University was the player of the year and Midland University coach Jason White was the coach of the year. So cool to see those awards given out. Uh, I believe the ACHA handed out their Hall of Fame awards as well. Uh, We touched on that on the last episode. It was cool. We were getting a lot of messages of people who saw the the ACHA was giving us some love at the, you know, coaches convention. And uh, that was really cool to see. There is one other name um, I want to give a shout out to before we get too far going back to the jog convention. I did have the chance to coach the hockey house team, which was really fun. I got behind the bench. Uh, the kids saw the guy saw me wearing the hockey house pod sweatshirt. And I don't know if they put two and two together, but after a little bit, it was like, wait, you run the hockey house pod. And then they like, they couldn't stop talking to me at that point. Uh, one of the kids on the team actually runs the account for i think he runs the usphl show account so he was loving it but i wanted to give a shout out to nate chasson he was the assistant coach at bradley and uh he was behind the bench with me so he was my partner so i wanted to make sure we gave him some love oh yeah university houston was approved by the university as a club on campus which is really cool taking strides to getting the hockey team up and running at campus in a statement they said this landmark decision opens up exciting opportunities for students to participate in ice hockey and brings the exhilarating sport to the heart of houston according to the release with the goal commencing play in the upcoming fall 2023 semester the university of houston ice hockey club is aiming to create a thriving ice hockey community with the university and the community. James Calderon, president of the University of Houston Ice Hockey 
Hockey Club expressed his enthusiasm for this groundbreaking initiative, saying it's absolutely amazing how much support we've received through not only the campus, but the city as a whole. I'm really excited. I'm able to share a piece of my Minnesotan culture with such a great city. They're also rocking the OptumX website, so we love to see a team getting off on the right foot. And I believe, as we speak now, they're waiting for approval from the ACHA, which they said should only take a couple of days, but some exciting news out of Houston. This could be really big for Houston. They are going to be the only game in town. Like listening to to NHL rumors and all that stuff, there's always talk about Houston should be getting an NHL team. And I think this could actually be good grounds to kind of test the water. And I know you're kind of dealing with the student body and all that stuff, but if you can get a large amount of non-students to go to games, I think this could be pretty, pretty big in growing hockey in the Houston area. We saw it as a proving ground in Savannah, too, as an indicator for them to get the Ghost Pirates franchise in the ECHL. So you're spot on with that. Interesting development uh, I noticed on Instagram recently. Central Michigan's Division Three men's team has been announcing their signings for the upcoming year. It includes, you know, players out of high school, players playing juniors who are going to Central Michigan to play hockey. Eight of the players included on the signing up to date are all former ACHA M2 players from Central Michigan. I think there's something brewing there. I don't know if the M2 team is dissolving or if players have seen the success that the M3 team is having and maybe they want a piece of the pie here. I know the M3 team had a down year this past year. They went on a good run at nationals back in 2022 but Brendan Martin is the coach here I think they're looking to try to bring in new guys and and you know keep that culture going and I looks like they're they're poaching from the D2 guys here I don't know if they're getting rid of the D2 team or, or if guys are jumping ship here but it's definitely something to keep an eye on here Herm you ha- you mentioned uh we got some teams in the AAU kind of confirming what division they're going to be in for the upcoming season yep on Twitter and Instagram uh the Empire Collegiate Hockey Conference, the ECHE announced that Delaware will be joining the AAU Division One, and Rutgers will be joining the AAU Division Two. And that Rutgers team jumped over from ACHA Division Two, I believe, as well. So that was something that they announced at the start of the summer that they were going to be moving to AAU college hockey. And so now they're confirming that they will play at the division two level. That Delaware team was pretty good when we got to see them in Westchester. So no surprise there that they're going to go division one AAU. Um, That'll be interesting on campus now that they have D1 ACHA, D2 ACHA, D1 AAU. So just something again to keep an eye on, but wanted to give uh, some stick taps this week. First one goes to the guys at Plugs Project. I got mine in the mail today. Uh, did a nice little collab with them. They're an up and coming company that is doing customizable stick plugs. So if you want to get your team logo on the on the butt end of your stick, go for it. it. Looks like they're 3D printed. We got the Hockey House Pod logo here on the end of it. I know you can't really see it that well. Excited to try that out when I start playing men's league again this summer. Uh, mentioned I'll be living in Staten Island. So I think my roommate and I are looking for a, a men's league in Brooklyn. Be lacing them up. Uh, in the city. Uh, But if you want to get yours, they're $15. You can head to the link in our bio. We'll also want to give a shout out to Luke Brozovich. He's known as at Braz Design on Instagram. He has been doing jersey concepts for a long time now. And his most recent project were these beautiful mock-ups for each of the ACC schools. What would it look like if they had NCAA hockey? And uh, he took a lot of inspiration from not only the ACHA or AAU college hockey teams, also the other sports on campus. And it came out really cool. We posted some of our favorites, but be sure to check those out as well. 
And yeah, I think it's about time we head to our interview. It's only fitting that Fitzy's back and we bring on the boys from Binghamton, Jack O'Brien, Owen Rowell, and Jack Semick from the AAU College Hockey National Champion, Binghamton Bearcats. As always, this interview is presented by OptumX Sports. OptumX provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own websites. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, use our referral link at OptumXSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. I feel like we're talking about these guys on every episode, but shout out to the boys at Appalachian State. They have been using the team store feature on OptumX to sell their new jerseys, their old jerseys, and they've also been selling Selly hockey hats. Um, I have one behind me here on the wall i believe they sold out in four hours that was when i was talking to when i was talking to shuey at the uh jog showcase john schubauer from optimex sports he was shocked um you know all the website traffic that they generated by selling hats through their website so i don't know maybe more teams will take advantage of that but they sold out within four hours unbelievable stuff teams are bringing in profit uh for their programs making dues a little less um come fall but be sure to check them out again, OptimexSports.com. Now we'll turn our interview over to the boys from Binghamton University. We're pleased to be joined by three members of the AAU College Hockey National Champions from the Binghamton University Bearcats, Senior Captain Jack O'Brien, Senior Assistant Captain Owen Rowell, and Senior Assistant Captain Chris Semek. Boys, welcome to the Hockey House. It's a pleasure to have the National Champions in the building. Hey, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. OB, we'll go over to you. How's the offseason been so far? I know you guys are all still in Binghamton right now. I can only imagine what it's been like the last couple months. Yeah, no, it's been a fun couple months. So, you know, we came back after the championship, you know, went right to our favorite water and hole with some of the, our friends, some of the fellows. It's kind of been just like a nonstop celebration since then. We had a celebration at one of the varsity baseball games. President of the school gave us the president's medal there. So it's been just like one big party. That's awesome. Did you guys get to enjoy your spring break or was the spring break basically spent in Westchester? No. So actually like in years past, the spring break always takes place like right when the national tournament is. So that's kind of like consumed our break every year. But this year, Binghamton did it like a week after the national tournament. I mean, all the guys on the team, funny enough, like we all signed up for a cruise to Bermuda. Like the week after nationals, we all went on, on this big cruise and it was just pretty unbelievable being, being on the cruise ship after uh, winning it all. Did you guys have like your national champion swag? Like, were you rocking that? Did you bring any of the medals or the trophies with you guys to get some free drinks? No, no, I don't think a lot of people on the cruise even knew like what what like Binghamton was. So uh, it wasn't really like we could throw it in their face or anything. But I mean, we knew and we were definitely pretty fired up about it. We tried to throw it into conversations and stuff as as best we can when we were like first meeting people and stuff there. But yeah, it was definitely definitely a blast. Well, I'm glad you guys had the cruise booked after the tournament because I can only imagine what that would have been like if uh, you booked it thinking that you weren't going to make it all the way. And then, uh, you know, you guys make it to the semifinals and guys are checking their phones because they got a cruise booked for the next couple of days. But seems like it went off without a hitch. But let's kind of dive into it. Simmer, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. What kind of led you to Binghamton? Like, where'd you play hockey growing up and, and how did you stumble upon going to, to UB? I'm from Long Island. So I just kind of played uh, tier two, like travel hockey my whole life. Played high school too, but high school hockey on Long Island isn't as serious as the travel scene. I initially was going to go to RPI and then uh, I got off the Binghamton wait list like a day before uh, May 1st, which was like decision day. So it turned out to be a lot cheaper and uh, just decided to go to Binghamton. Very glad I did. I, I'm glad I caught myself because I just called it UB. Do people call Binghamton BU or is it just Bing? The locals here will call it BU and like all of us hearing that, we're like, oh, Boston University, like. 
that's that's weird yeah well i feel like especially as hockey guys like we all grow up like bu is like the big national power so oh and what about you like what was your your background um yeah so i'm also from long island like funny enough i played growing up on the same travel team as chris yeah similar to him like i grew up playing tier two um we were also on the same high school team we actually didn't go to high school together but like chris said like high school hockey in long island like isn't really a big thing so a lot of these teams can't really get enough guys to like form a, a full team so neighboring towns will like group together and make one big team so his high school my high school were like conjoined but yeah kind of just tier two um, all throughout and then um, high school as well. Obi, the only guy not not from Long Island on the call right now. Uh, how'd you end up at Binghamton? I, uh, I'm from Troy, New York. So a little north of Albany. And so I grew up playing, you know, A and like some triple A like as I got older. And then I played four years at my high school at LaSalle Institute. Played there for four years and then applied to Bing. Um, I like known like one or two guys that were already on the club team. Uh, and they told me like, how much of a good time it was, good group of guys, good hockey. I knew I wanted to play club wherever I was going to school. You know, Bing just kind of ended up being the right call for me. So super happy I decided to come here. Oh, and was that the same for you? Like, were you kind of like on the club route too? Did you know Binghamton had a hockey team before you were going there? Yeah, yeah. I definitely knew Binghamton had a team. I didn't really do like a whole lot of research. So like, I didn't know how good they were. But yeah, I kind of always knew that I wanted to play club hockey um, once I hit like a certain point in high school. I mean, we're obviously under like this from New York being under like the SUNY umbrella. Like I knew I wanted to go to like a SUNY school and Binghamton was probably like one of the more competitive SUNY schools. So that's kind of how I made my decision. Simmer, you mentioned uh, RPI too is I guess just like looking at it from a distance. I'm not, I'm not from New York, but I always assumed that RPI was a lot tougher to get into than Binghamton. But you said you were on the Binghamton wait list. I think it turned out to just be like the program I applied to for Binghamton was turned out to be more competitive than the RPI program. I was, I was right at the gates, like ready to commit to. Yeah. Obi, it's funny. You're from Troy. That's uh, I'm heading back uh, home from Syracuse this week. Troy is like the spot where I stop and get gas and I'll usually hit the Taco Bell um, <laughs> right there. That's like, that's like a mile marker for me on my ride home. So I'll be in, enjoying that tomorrow when I head home. Yeah. Stop and get a Chalupa box at Taco Bell. Of course. Of course. <laughs> So you guys get on campus. What's your uh, your welcome to the CHF moment? I mean, this is like Binghamton had been in the ACHA. You guys get on campus. They're now in the CHF. Uh, OB, I'll throw it over to you first. Like, what's something that sticks out from your freshman year? You're like, oh my gosh, this is this is club hockey at its finest. Honestly, I think like those first like handful of games that we were playing freshman year, you kind of just like get on the ice and you're like, damn, like these guys are big, fast. Like, obviously, like coming in, like knowing the club hockey is high level it's definitely like a big step up from the high school scene you know just coming into that and like you know you might get drilled in one of those first games by a bigger deal on the other team you're like all right you know you're kind of in it now and so you got to just like kind of adjust to that speed a little bit that first like handful of games is adjusting to the speed and size of everybody what about you owen any any like uh any wild stories like stuff that you didn't quite expect from those first couple games i mean it's definitely like a more physical game than i was used to i think like it was probably like the third or fourth game of the season it was my birthday actually and my dad came up to watch um and maybe i like hadn't really adjusted to like the physicality of the game yet but some guy like completely like destroyed me i think we're playing syracuse and we were up by like a pretty like big margin at the time but like this guy just like cross-checked me up high and i ended up getting like five stitches like on my like on my chin like first game first college game my dad ever saw me play it was pretty funny 
and it was my birthday. Is that like you're you're tightening up the cage hang next game after that one? Oh yeah, I think I bought I bought a new cage like two sizes up. Like I was like swimming in my cage, but like I was like kind of scarred after that. So Chris, what what about you? What was a, a moment early on that stood out to you as, as a welcome to the CHF moment? Something that's that stood out to me, I would say, was was our tryouts. Like we had like three um right at the beginning of the season and they were like like 70 something kids there we had a pretty competitive tryout as well so it was kind of scary for us like coming in like we i mean i only knew owen and like there was a lot of talent there so it seems like every every chance you got in the shift it was like you gotta you gotta do something to stand out because it was so competitive and like there were there were guys throwing like open ice hits people like chirping each other like like the atmosphere was pretty nuts Jack, you mentioned um, there was a, a fifth year that would make you tape his stick before games your freshman year. How <laughs> when did that start? Yeah, so his name was Nick DeFranco. He was also a defenseman, and like he and I got paired up for a lot of games, and so he kind of like took me under his wing a little bit. You know, he was a funny dude, but so I don't know. It was probably four or five games in the season, and he was like kind of one of these guys that like he just like showed up to the rink and like just started playing. Like didn't didn't like prepare too much. Didn't have like a pregame routine. Just kind of like showed up and played and so his stick was a mess and he was like here you tape it and then from that like game on he's like you do whatever you want with it but you gotta tape it every game so <laughs> but no he was a good dude were you good at taping sticks or it was just like convenient for him to ask you like did you have like an, an artist touch to it or was there no rhyme or reason i don't think i'm like notably better than anybody i think i'm solid at it but i think he was like notably bad at it and so he didn't want to mess up his own stick and so, yeah, he always said to me, he's like, you're the artist. You do whatever you want with it. <laughs> so you just kind of let me like have free reign on it. It's crazy how there are, I mean, and you meet a ton of them, whether it's the, the ACHA or AAU now, but like guys that can just roll out of bed and, and play, like they yeah. just show up to the rink and, and they know what to do. Oh, and I'm curious, anything that stands out from your freshman year, did you guys get to go to the Federation Cup that year? I know it was pretty wild. Like it got shut down halfway through. That was like right when the world was changing what do you remember from that time? Yeah, so, I mean, we had, like, a pretty, like, powerhouse of a team freshman year. I remember, like, our fifth-year guys were, like, super, super good. And then we also had, like, a pretty strong um, rookie class coming in. I think going into the national freshman year, we were, like, the number one seed, actually. And I think that we were all pretty confident that we would have, like, taken it home if, if the uh, tournament didn't get canceled halfway through, which unfortunately it did. But, yeah, I mean, that was pretty notable. And I think it definitely set, like, a standard for, for the teams to come, just that we're, like, a winning program and that, you know, we've got to be good every year and i can't even imagine being a fifth year too like fifth year you, you come back and it's like you want to go out on top and to have things end the way that they did chris i want to get your take like what was it like that next year your sophomore year was there any hope of a season i know new york the guidelines were a little bit stricter than other states from my personal experiences here were you guys practicing when you could what was that like that first semester back, we only skated once. There was there was some incident where this kid was just like standing at the blue line doing like mid ice drill, and like dislocated his knee. And like we tried to like get him to the bench, it just didn't work out. So like the ambulance had to come, and it was just a complete nightmare. We tried to like change the drill so that this kid wasn't in the way because he was just on the ice. There were occasional pucks that would come over and kind of clip him a little bit, which was just like kind of a nightmare, but they got him off the ice and then they canceled the practice midway through. And then after that, we were like, all right, like let's take a break here. So I think that was only skating the fall semester. And then we, we skated like once a week uh, in the spring, which was, which was nice, but I don't think anyone thought that we were going to get, get any games or anything like that. Yeah, kind of just building off like what Chris said and like that story. I think that there was like so much effort too going into like finally planning that one practice that we were able to get. And then like 
right off the bat, like five minutes in, some some like kid just like completely broke his like leg in half and then just refused to get off the ice. And it was like Chris had like such a nightmare. So right off the bat, I think we kind of knew like, damn, like this stinks. Like this is like definitely not a good sign if like we can only do one practice and this is gonna happen midway through. And so that kind of builds up into your junior years. OB, walk us through what was it like kind of getting everything started um in the fall of what's 2021 you know going into your guys' junior year yeah so like they were saying we didn't really have much of a season the year before but even getting the skate you know whatever it was five eight times uh you know at least like keep the interest up a little bit among some guys and, and you know bringing some new guys too but so going into our junior year didn't really know what to expect because didn't know how much interest there was going to be how many people knew about the team since like we had to take like pretty much the whole year off same as our freshman year, really. Those like first like few nights that we were trying to pick the team, there's you know 65, 70 guys out there on the ice. So like that was awesome to see. Had a great set of rookies come in. I think we had eight or so freshmen come in that year, plus like a couple other guys that you know had skated with us the year before, but like didn't really you know we didn't pick a team that year. So but so yeah, coming into that, we were just like looking to build on what we had our freshman year because you know it was such a disappointment having to shut down the tournament but we knew that like there was like 10 guys in our rookie class uh that were juniors now we're like all right well now like, we've kind of been thrown into being the older guys on the team we got it it's kind of our turn to step up threw together a great season made it all the way to the championship and came up just short against Babs and we were just so banged up you know but hell of a run and like just coming off of the COVID year like that was couldn't have asked for much more. I want to dive into the coaching staff a little bit uh, while we're talking about it. Cause I think like being student run, like what does that look like? It means, you know, a club president is scheduling the games, the buses doing all that stuff. You guys legitimately have students right behind the bench. Like walk us through that. Oh, and like share, share what it's like. Like when you guys are introduce us to the guys behind the bench, we want to this. I think this is like when, when guys see you guys and the kid in their national championship game, he's wearing a Selly hockey hat with a Binghamton basketball jersey. You guys are hoisting the trophy. like, And then th- there's the kid in the, the UMass Dartmouth parka. Like, th- these guys are a riot. <laughs> yeah. No, those guys are, are awesome. And they're, like, just a huge, huge reason why we were able to win it this year. Just because, like, they brought the energy every game. I mean, the guys you're referring to, that's Declan Bush in the, uh, in the Binghamton jersey and uh, Trevor Raiden in the parka. I mean, yeah, the guys behind our bench, like those guys are are players. Like they're they're on the roster, played a bunch of games for us this season. But obviously, we can only squeeze so many guys on the rosters to play every game. So I mean, in nationals, they they obviously made the trip up with us, and um, unfortunately, like we didn't need them on the actual roster those particular games. But they showed support by being behind the bench and like coaching the boys and getting us riled up in the locker room beforehand. Um, and I just think it's like such a funny thing to like having guys like that behind the bench when you see teams like like Niagara who are having they got six guys in suits and they have like trainers and a photographer and I just think that that's like kind of the beautiful thing about club hockey where you could get by with having your your friends on the bench with you you could be super successful with it as well the other third guy that was kind of behind the bench a lot was Sam Hamlet or Hammer Is he, he's, he's the one with the longer hair and the mustache right <laughs> yeah I had the big chops yeah. going and the sunglasses but no, the three of those guys are like are, were huge to our success. Like just like having some guys who know the game so well to kind of look at the game from above instead of being in pads like on the bench, like getting that outside perspective, but still like being one of the guys and being able to translate all that to us was huge. Those guys like so massive to uh, to our success, and and we also had you know our our 
registered coach, Mike Wagner. You know, he was he was big for us. Came from a baseball background, but he was he was huge for us during the year, uh, getting the fellas going. One of the parents in the lobby at uh, in Philly asked me, you know, I heard Binghamton's like all student run. You guys don't really have like coaches. I was like, yeah, it's true. He said like, how do you control the chaos? And like I just told him there, you know, there really is no chaos, which is which is crazy. Like for like, it's like special to have a group like that because I don't think it would work everywhere what we do. Like the three of us are the ones that have to you know, pick the lineups for every game. And we really didn't have anyone on our team complain about playing time or not being in the lineup, like having guys just buy in and not complain about not getting enough playing time or something like that. It was special and really wouldn't work everywhere, I don't think. Oh, because I want to bring up, didn't one of the the refs in our first game against uh, Alfred State, didn't he go up to you and say like, is, is Hammer like you're at, or that dude in the sunglasses? Is he your actual coach? Like, because like, like he's wearing sunglasses in the darkest break in the whole place. <laughs> yeah, no. And I was like, yeah, he's not like technically our coach. And he's like, all right, all right. I, I see what you're saying. Like, <laughs> Obi, like what you were saying, like we talked about it on the podcast when we did our nationals recap. It does take a certain amount of discipline. Like, you guys. I think a lot of other programs in your position wouldn't be able to pull it off because it's like, oh, like that's just like my buddy that I drink with on the weekends behind the bench. Like we're kind of jumping around at this point, but I go back to that game against Tampa and you guys just structurally shut them down and there's no guy in a suit behind the bench. Yeah, like I said, like that's like kind of the crazy thing. Like we yeah, like having guys that that we play with normally and and you know, hang out with on the weekends and stuff behind the bench, the fact that all of us respect each other so much and like realize that everybody on this like 30 person roster has so much like hockey experience hockey knowledge that like like everybody is listen is willing to listen to everybody and like and that's like also like a fine balance too because like the three of us being the captains and our other captain max clares who graduated in the fall having the four of us kind of being like the main voices of the team but then like having other guys like hammer and Raiden and declan and like some of the older leaders on the team stepping up and saying stuff like everybody listens because they realize that uh comes from just the success we've had in the past and some of the younger guys realizing that us older guys know what it takes to get to like that level so yeah it really is like special to have that balance you touched on it a little bit but you guys do go on a run all the way to the federation cup final correct me if i'm wrong but did the president of the university like cancel classes for the afternoon so that people could watch the game i think i remember seeing i see owen smiling right yeah so i mean obviously we were kind of in like our own little bubble in uh philly at the time and like we didn't really know what was going on like back in binghamton (laughs) and i mean i think someone sometimes said like like the classes are canceled at at binghamton like they have they have the game live streamed on all the tvs and like in like all the in like the marketplace and in all like hallways and stuff. I mean, I kind of like at the time at least I took that as like truth. And then we go back and like I asked my buddies that like obviously we're in Philly and they're like, yeah, like I don't I, I don't even know you're in Philly. Like like I have no idea what you're <laughs> talking about. So so yeah, I mean it was definitely like a, a cool rumor to hear and like I think it definitely like lit a fire under us at the time. But yeah, I don't I don't think that that the president um despite being a huge hockey fan by the way um i don't think that he canceled classes now somebody was just firing off tweets from a burner account making it seem like there was there was a watch party in the streets of binghamton no yeah literally there was like this intricate story behind it and there were so many details that i was like all right like this is crazy like there's no way this isn't true but (laughs) but it wasn't true no you guys are in the locker room and you think there's like 
the moss pit like in Edmonton. Like you, you guys are fired up because you think like the whole city of Binghamton's in the streets watching the game. Yeah, no, like that's like how how kind of we felt. Like it was it was like pretty pretty funny thing to hear too. Because like in the past, like when like if we're ever out, like and and I'm talking to someone, I'll be like, oh yeah, like we're, we're like the hockey guys, and like everyone's like always the same reaction. They're like, oh, we have a hockey team at Binghamton. <laughs> And um, I was like, yeah, like, so, so when we heard that, we were just like, wow, like, this is, this is insane. But, but yeah, no. Speaking of, of people asking like about having a hockey team, where do you guys play in relation to campus? I know they have the rink downtown, but where do you guys practice and play your home games? Uh, so we play our uh, home games at Broom Community College. It's about 10 minutes away from uh, Binghamton's campus. And like they're, they kind of have like a relationship, like some being students go over there for classes and stuff. So like, it's kind of part of, the campus a little bit but yeah so they have a really nice rink over there because it's a community college and they they had a team a while ago but i think the community college league folded a handful of years ago but the rink was only built probably like 10 or 15 years ago so it's still like beautiful so so it's really nice playing our home games there and then we practice downtown once a week and then there's another like local rink that we practice at too awesome yeah that's a really nice rink yeah i think there was a there was a couple years where there was like a junior college national championship for hockey and a lot of those teams played like acha schedules on the side ultimately there just wasn't enough teams to make it make it last but let's go to this year like what does you get all the way to the national championship game and you lose to babson in the final Babson had a really good team. I guess, how do you get back to that point? Like, it's such a long season and so many teams make the tournament. It's really anybody's game. But what are you doing during the year to make sure that you guys are preparing yourselves to get back in that situation? I'll throw it to you, Chris, first. One of our struggles throughout the year was kind of give it up leads. Um, We would never make winning easy on ourselves, like in competitive games. Something about nationals this year, we let up like one goal, like three times. I think you guys tweeted out like blocking shots, like New York Rangers, Torrellas and getting pucks out like the Barry Trotz Islanders. Like that was our game plan to a T. It was just like, let's try to limit turnovers and just like get pucks deep and just outwork teams. Like that's, that was our mindset going in and it works because it tires teams out. You limit mistakes and it just creates opportunities. Comparing like this year to last year, like last year, I mean, obviously we had like half of the national tournament our freshman year, but like last year was the first like full thing. And just like that grind of six games in six days, like having that experience definitely helped this year. Uh, It was just tough trying to like string those six days together last year when we were so injured. Last year, we kind of just made it to the championship. Didn't really put any expectations on ourselves like going into it. Uh, But then I feel like this year, kind of coming off of the loss in the championship last year and knowing that we had a really strong senior class this year, we wanted to capitalize on it this year because almost anything like short of winning it this year felt like a step back from last year. Um, So I think kind of going into that, we just wanted to keep playing a simple game like Sim was saying and just chip it out, dump it in and just kind of outwork teams and and you know this year we were fully healthy, so you know, coming in waves like that with four lines that were just buzzing around was was huge for us. Now I want to get your thoughts on this because I feel like at least my first reaction from it was like you guys won in the semifinals, and somebody somebody from the crowd chirped me because I'm wearing like the hockey house hoodie, and they're like, "How's your prediction now?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, these people—they're after us." 
we we didn't really have you guys. I, I feel like we snubbed you guys. Like in the preview episode, we were talking and, you know, we were really impressed with like the Bonnies. thought maybe the teams from the South, like the South Carolinas and the Tampas of the world w- w- were going to be better suited for a, a deeper run here. Well, first off, I'll get your reaction from the, that take that we had. Was that bulletin board material? And then did you use that as bulletin board material? And were there certain teams you had circled on the schedule that you knew you would have to beat if you wanted to win? the tournament yeah no i mean i definitely i mean i didn't see that tweet like the u.s predictions i think like two of the guys said tennessee was gonna win and then one one guy said like dabson was gonna advance especially like uh trevor raiden <laughs> he definitely took took that pretty personally i think he was very fired up about that he made sure to bring that up um in all of our games we played that first playing round but yeah i mean it was definitely like there was a lot of motivators obviously that that whole tournament just having babson too in our pool play was just like an eye-opener like right off the bat like we were like wow this is the team that we're gonna have to get through eventually and like they knocked us out last year they're they're pretty stacked so we knew that we definitely had to show up to that game i think after winning that game we were kind of like all right like we consider babson the top three team in this tournament if we could beat them we could beat anyone and then we saw tampa on the schedule um um, in the semis game and we were like a lot of us like Long Island guys too like know a lot of those guys on their team and that was definitely like a big game like going into it we were like these guys are gonna probably be like overly confident they're gonna try and play us a skill game and we just gonna play harder than them and outwork them so um, I think that it was kind of like we took we took the tournament game by game and you definitely uh, motivated us a little bit there also just the loss last year was a huge motivator I thought it was funny, too, that rematch of the national championship game, which was on rink one, no better place to close out pool play than on rink four in Westchester with the the dim lights and the, I don't know, freezer-like atmosphere back there. Did you guys know going into that game that if it ended in a tie, you guys would advance? Like, was that a conversation you guys had? Because you tied up, you tied up the game late to send it into overtime. So going into it, like we did realize that that was the scenario. We were like still preaching, obviously, like you know, let's just get it done. Like we don't want to go into overtime with, with these guys. Like let's not make it harder on ourselves than we have to be. I think once regulation ended, then we went to the locker room, like three of us kind of stood outside the locker room, talked real quick, and then went into the locker room with the rest of the guys. And we were like, all right, so we said that we got a win to advance. Not exactly true. Like we can still tie this and, and advance. So like we were still trying to obviously score, but you know, we were making sure we had two forwards high the whole time. Like we were like stressing defense for the overtime. Time kept ticking down, ticking down. And then they yanked their goalie with about two minutes left or so, which I don't know about you two guys, but I've never been in a game when the team's pulling their goalie in overtime. Like that was just like a super unique scenario. So like that was kind of just like a, a weird way to end it. But it was it was kind of just like what we had planned to do all game is just like beat playing strong defensively and just like keeping it simple. Yeah, it was definitely something we recapped after the fact how many odd overtime games there are to end pool play because teams are going for it. I think you guys had, I mean, we were right in that corner because, you know, we show up to the rink and we're like trying to guess which team's going to score in overtime. And we positioned ourselves behind the Babson net, not knowing that a tie would have would have won it for you guys. But then, of course, like one of the parents was telling us that. And then sure enough, they, they you guys had a lot of good chances. I actually thought you guys were going to score without the goalie or or with the goalie in the net. And then Babson cleared it 
and uh, they pulled the goalie, and then it was a, it was a turnover at the blue line. You guys iced it, and I think you could just kind of see the relief, like you mentioned. That there were certain teams you liked having Babson in your pool, and and you could tell that the guys were fired up after that one. We we touched on it a little bit, but I think a lot of people viewed it as David versus Goliath. You have Tampa, this program with a lot of resources. You know, they got the the sharp looking jerseys. They walk in with the track suits. Everybody's on the same page. They got the the full coaching staff. And then there, there's you guys, the boys from Binghamton. Like, I think a lot of people after the fact were like, wow, I think Tampa really overlooked Binghamton. But did you guys like taking on that mindset? Like, hey, if we if we could beat Babson, like, why not beat Tampa? Um, Yeah, I mean, those are going into that Tampa game. Like, that's the game that we wanted to play. Going up against teams like that where, like, obviously, like, they have, like, a big coaching staff. They have all this fancy equipment. Like, we're kind of used to that. Um, we play some teams throughout the regular season that get really prepared and uh, have a lot of money to spend on their program. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, I definitely understand people saying it's a David versus Goliath scenario. I think to us, though, we we knew the whole time. Like, I think we all knew that we were very capable of being them. And we all also probably knew that they were overconfident going into that game. So it was definitely a good feeling um, being able to get that, that W there. I also want to add that I think one of the Tampa parents told uh, one of my parents that they, after the first, I think we were up two nothing and apparently they've never been down by two goals all season. I think that that kind of lockdown defense we had in Babson was a huge help since we were able to shut that them down a lot. Uh, we kind of just brought it into that game and just like fuel, we were fueled by like how frustrated they got and it just, everything went our way and we were able to pull out with the dub. Yeah, I think just hopping on them early kind of threw them on their heels and it was just something they weren't really expecting and then we kind of just never let them settle in the rest of the game. It was kind of like we talked about it. It was like the most perfect game that we have like played as a group all season or like even in the, like the four years that we've been here it was just like kind of a flawless game it was awesome yeah, it was like a textbook game too not only that like I'm, I'm looking back at the tweets now start the third period and it's like all right if tampa can make this a one goal game like they'll probably get in the driver's seat and then you guys scored on like the first shift of the third period to make it three nothing and it was like oh gosh was there a little panic because I remember I was about I was showing the guys after the game like you guys went up four to nothing and I had some tweet drafted that was like you know sarcastically saying like oh like the people of Binghamton are dancing in the streets like Bearcats up four nothing and then you blinked and it was like four to two and there was like two and a half minutes on the clock like you played such a good game up to that point there's nobody in a suit behind the bench like how do you rein it in at that point to kind of like it, it takes a lot it, it takes a lot of maturity and, and responsibility and accountability to to rain it in at that point plenty of time left on the clock for a comeback how do you close out that game yeah i think like we kind of just realized like you said they popped in two kind of quick there and like we knew they weren't gonna just like lay down seeing them pop those two in we just said you know all right those four goals that we scored don't mean anything if we can't lock down this last two and a half minutes um so we kind of just had to dial it in because like you know, i'd be lying if i said that a lot of the guys weren't getting excited on the bench but but we knew that obviously the game wasn't over yet so again, like just having a couple guys behind the bench, just calming everybody down. And then, you know, the three of us are doing what we can to talk to guys while we're on the bench too. And just like, yeah, you know, got to finish the job before we get too excited here. Yeah. I just wanted to, I want to shout out uh, Dom Migliorado for, he must've had like, like at least like 10 blocks a game. Like he was an absolute, just like brick wall besides like our goalie, but he was soaking so many pucks and that definitely saved like at least like five goals throughout the tournament. Just him just soaking like everything that came to the net. So uh, that definitely helped us out a lot as well. I remember talking to some people. I, I went to the uh, the showcase in Elmira. Uh, that was kind of my first taste of, of CHF hockey. 
And they were saying, like, I was just like, what's the deal with, like, this Binghamton team? Like, how are they so good? And somebody was talking about your defensive structure. And they mentioned that a, a weakness might have been goaltending. And I think uh, I wanted to mention Adam Bloodgood because I think he was rock solid all tournament for you guys, especially in that Tampa game. You mentioned the block shots. But what, what did it mean to have him be the backbone all tournament long? Um, Yeah, I mean, like, shout out Bloody, like, he did so so good the entire tournament. Like I, I've honestly never been that confident my goaltender probably ever during the national tournament. Um, and it was definitely really reassuring to know like he he had us there. But I know like I mean maybe like in the start of the second semester, I think he like maybe like had like a, a more like rough start than usual. I think that like it was just super important that like all the guys had had his back, and we all kind of knew that it was more of a mental thing rather than him actually being like less capable um, because we've seen him like light it up in the past. So I think just like the constant encouragement and stuff for him um, and having him show up at the nationals like he did was just, was, was huge for us. Yeah. He was like, just like, like I would say playing better than any goalie I've seen play in like, like a six game stretch like that, especially having to play back to back like six games in six days, like to not be like gassed. And I mean, he just looked like nothing could phase him for those six games. He earned every bit of that MVP. It was awesome. He seems so cool, calm and collected too. Is, is he like that off the ice? Is he, is he a guy that the boys love being around? Yeah, Blood's a good dude. He's uh he's he's a fun guy and having him be back there for us like makes it easy for guys to want to support him and stuff. So having your goalie be one of the fellas is is always important. So yeah, he, he definitely fits that mold. All right, and now you have to turn the page on a game like that cuz you beat arguably the best team in the tournament, the team, you know, who hadn't lost all season. Everyone's picked to win it all. Who's in the locker room the next day getting the boys fired up before the national championship game against Fairfield? Like what what tunes are going in the room? Who's giving the big pump up speech? Um, I think like nothing changed. Trevor Raiden, Declan, they were uh, in Hammer too. Like those guys just had, had a speech ready for every game and they were just saying like all the right things. In terms of pump up music, I think Run This Town was definitely a, a big hit the entire tournament. That was That was like going on right before we, we went out every single game. Um, and then, or now or never too, the, uh, Kendrick Lamar songs also, that was a huge, huge, uh, huge motivator. And I mean, that was, that was such a good hockey game too. It was a three to one after two periods, but then the game kind of just opened up in that third period and, and it was back and forth. Do you guys think it helped that you had that experience of being in a national championship game, whereas Fairfield hadn't really been in that position before? I think having that experience last year, cause we were down after a couple periods going in to the third uh, against Babson. And so I think like kind of flipping the scripts and being being on the opposite side of that, kind of, we kind of just knew how to handle it. And we knew Babson did to us, we had to do to the Fairfield. Right at the end of the second period, uh, Sebastian Henderson made a great pass to Hayden Sutter and, and Sutt buried it club side. And like, that was with about, I think like a minute or so left in the second period. Just having that, like that was a bit of a, a dagger. I felt like right at the end of the period, that's kind of a tough blow for them. So so that was big. And so in the locker room, we were kind of just saying, yeah, like stick to the script. There's the cliche of like the two goal lead being the worst in hockey. But like we were just, if we just keep doing our thing, like this game will work itself out. And that's kind of what happened. What do you remember of like the last minute, whether you're on the ice or on the bench? Like what was, what was that kind of rush like watching the, the clock go down? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I remember it was me, Owen, and uh, Max Gulemi, who he fought back from an injury. He tore his ACL and was out for like a whole year last year. We were able to get him on the ice uh, for the last uh, couple of uh, seconds there. And uh, it's honestly a blur. Like 
just pure just happiness from me at least just seeing like the clock wind down and just like throwing gloves and sticks everywhere it was unbelievable such a great experience I mean, the, the celebration was fantastic. Obi, I, I want to get your thoughts too. Like, who's who's the guy you're going to hug first? I know everyone's going to get bloody, but like, who's the guy that you're finding in, in the pile? I mean, it was just like such like a mash of people, obviously, at least that we're all going around bloody. But I think like once like that dispersed a little bit, I was looking for these two guys. I was looking for Huey White, uh, one of our other defensemen, senior. And I think I was looking for like the three coaches, Declan, Ham, and Rates. A lot of like those like older guys that we've been here with for, for four or more years now. So I think like finding those guys and then also a couple like young guys that stepped up, like, you know, finding those guys and just like telling them like how proud of them we were of them because uh, it doesn't happen without a full effort. So like just trying to find those guys. But I think, yeah, especially like a couple of the older guys like these two right here. We had Max Clares, who was on the team for half of the season, come back as well as uh, Nick Galanti, who was our uh, one of the captains last year. And he was he was just like he did everything for us last year. And just being able to celebrate with him, too, was so special because he he was a senior last year and he was he was so crushed after we lost. So he was just as much like as a part of it as as anyone else was because of how like important he is to our team and uh, the culture that we have here. So it was I was definitely looking for him too. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I got a kick out of it when St. John Fisher won in the game before in the American division. They told them that they couldn't lift up the trophy because it was so like so big. And then, of course, I-, I had to take off as the game was ending. But I love seeing the photos of you guys hoisting that thing up. It-, it was awesome to see. Walk us through like the celebration. Like, what was it like in the locker room? What was the trip back home like? Y- you guys mentioned early on there was a watering hole you guys had spotted and go celebrate the title. That was like arguably like one of the best days of my life. We obviously had like our, our all-night celebrations. All the parents came over. We were taking pictures and stuff. In the moment, like everything's happening so fast, but it kind of makes you realize like, wow, like this is probably like the last competitive hockey game I'll ever play like my parents were here they're the ones that got me into hockey to begin with like I get to take pictures with them and celebrate with them in the locker room obviously the victory songs were going like we were just having a blast the car ride home was all smiles like excited to get back and then uh yeah again the favorite watering hole Tom and Marty's uh shout out to them we stormed there pretty uh definitely definitely with like a lot of momentum we were I think we were screaming like the entire way in the walk there and then uh we brought the trophy in and um, everyone was taking pictures. They were playing songs for us. And uh, whoever was in the bar when we first got there probably flooded out like the second we came because we were definitely being very, very obnoxious. But um, the owner was loving it. Obviously, our friends were loving it. So it was definitely definitely a hell of a celebration that night. The Binghamton Black Bears honored you. They've been a huge hit since they came to town. How, how cool was that to go on the ice with everybody? Yeah, that was super cool. So like they reached out and wanted us to do like a little puck drop at the beginning of the game. So we went out and did that they you know had a little speech for us and everything so that was cool so like that was super special to do that between the first and second period i saw their one of their coaches uh walking back to the bench and he like kind of like waved me over and he said hey he's like why don't you guys come down to the locker room between the second and third period we came down they showed us the whole training room and like and the gym and like all like their facilities and everything shows the locker room so we got to go and talk to some of the guys so it was really cool that they did that for us you know uh, just made like the whole championship a lot more special. A lot of schools feel like they're not being recognized properly by their university. It seems like they don't even exist. How cool was it that the president honored you guys and you guys got to go kind of to his office and, and take photos with him? Yeah, he he's the man. They had us all come up to his office and uh, present the trophy. The new the local news was there. 
what was funny was uh, shortly after we showed them the trophy and they had this table that had a beach and debate trophy that was on there for like years. And he basically just kind of swiped it over to the side and just put our trophy like right in its place, which was so funny. He's such a big hockey fan and he keeps talking about the future, like eventually getting a D- uh, Division One program at some point, which is which would be so cool for us. Yeah, I mean, Harvey Stanger is our president. He's like biggest hockey fan just like such a good guy for graduation when we all like walked up there and got our diplomas like this past weekend all the hockey guys like we all wore our medals and like he recognized all of us like he made sure when we were shaking his hand on the stage to like tap us on the chest and like say something hockey related to us which is just like so cool that he's able to even recognize us is like awesome to like see yeah he's like such a huge hockey fan like Murphy said you're in Syracuse right now and he actually grew up playing in Skinny Atlas and so I mean so he just loves it and they put on like a big uh, ceremony for us before one of Binghamton's like NCAA baseball games we brought the trophy and, and we got like the president's medal from uh from harvey one of the guys from the chf came and gave us a big like national championship banner that we're gonna hang at the rink and so like they really did like kind of make a huge deal out of it which was really cool um we got like the vip room at the baseball game and everything so so yeah as far as like the school celebrating us like couldn't really ask for much more it was awesome did anybody throw out the first pitch at that game <laughs> uh sim and i were both gonna throw one out there was a lightning delay like right as the ceremony ended it was like right before the first pitch and then the game got delayed like another like five six hours and like we weren't really able to come back for it but oh so they, they did the whole ceremony and there was just no game yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean it, it got played like like five hours later or something like that but but yeah the first pitch didn't happen but uh we were ready to throw a couple right down the middle but maybe next time yeah yeah, yeah or so. maybe that was maybe there was a sign you didn't want to go out there and get embarrassed yeah it was probably for the better honestly <laughs> yeah, right right yeah we might be looking like 50 cent i'm curious you guys mentioned the the fact that, that binghamton is heavily looking into adding an ncaa men's program i think we all dream that we go to schools that one day go varsity so that we can say oh i play i played hockey there right what is that feeling like for you guys as this is like happening now like i mean it's hard to argue that you guys haven't had an impact on this decision two appearances in the national championship game in the last two years the title this year fully student run just to show like how important hockey is for binghamton university what does that mean to you guys to see that the university is taking heavy interest in adding it at the ncaa level i'll throw it over to you owen um yeah i mean it kind of means like every Everything to us it, it definitely does feel like we kind of maybe got the ball rolling on an idea that was inevitable to happen eventually yeah it's going to be definitely fun coming back and if they, if they do happen to make this NCAA team to go watch games and like feel almost like you're an alumni even though like obviously there's like kind of some gray area we're not really alumni of the uh, D1 team yeah I mean it's going to be it's going to be awesome having uh, NCAA hockey in Binghamton yeah you could be damn sure that I'm going to be telling people at work in a few years that I'm I play D1 hockey at Binghamton <laughs> that's awesome well you've done a phenomenal job talking about Binghamton hockey is there anything that we've we haven't touched on that that people should know about Binghamton hockey man that, that's a tough one but like <laughs> I, I think we've gone over a lot of stuff but yeah I, I think again kind of just like emphasizing like the the student run aspect of it we kind of all realize like we've all we've got and so like that's why we're like such a tight group and you know a bunch of us live together here at the hockey house there's like 10 or 12 of us that live here together a bunch of the younger guys live on campus together and we're kind of always doing stuff together whether it's on the ice off the ice which like you know might not be atypical from like other teams but I just think like we really are as close as like just about any team can be so 
Um, so like, that's just like a huge thing for us. I would also say that like our mentality, we definitely focus on not only just competing, but also like having a good time as well. Like I hear like other teams getting like bag skated by their coaches and everything. And through my four years here, I've never, we've never done suicides once. That's like not our culture at all. Like uh, we do what, what's fun to us. And when it comes down to it, we lock it down and we're, we're able to play like um, as you should, but it's definitely a fun experience and wouldn't trade it for the world. Hey, I appreciate you guys taking the time today and uh, been a pleasure following you guys. I think it was, it was a really fun run. I think there should, should have been a documentary crew following you guys around this season because uh, I think it, it, it is truly the definition of what non-varsity college hockey looks like. So hats off to you guys and congrats on an amazing season. Hey, thanks, Mark. Yeah, appreciate thank you. It. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks. Once again, thank you to the captains of the national champion Binghamton Bearcats. Awesome having those guys on and just talking about their success, fully student run, just the definition of what non-varsity college hockey is all about. Exciting to see what they do moving forward, considering that the school is considering adding NCAA hockey. So we'll keep an eye on that. But like we mentioned earlier, this is going to be Glick's final episode. So we want to send them off in the only way that's fitting and kind of rattle off a trip down memory lane. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to to Rochester University goalie Anthony Carlier at Stromboli Goalie on Twitter. And he, following graduation the other day, posted a tweet awards for the places he had played, favorite rinks to play at, best players he played against, classiest players. And I thought it was a, a really interesting idea. So we've kind of set up the same format for Glick here to rattle off, you know, some of his favorite memories of playing in the ACHA. But Glick, we'll get started here. I know we've gone over this on episode one. Not many people listening to today's episode have probably listened to episode one. Why don't you recap your welcome to the ACHA moment for us when you got to Temple? So I'm actually going to tell a slightly different story than what I told on on episode one because funny enough after we finished recording that episode i thought of this story and i was so pissed off that i didn't tell it the first time around so i'm excited to be able to tell it this time around i'm going to tell the story of my very first east lineup conference echa game so we're going down to townsend i'm really excited i'd played one game before him that was like a little non-conference game this is my first legitimate acha game against a team that's in our conference hop on the bus i'm excited to charge my phone i didn't really charge my phone the night before plug in my uh, charger and it doesn't work okay maybe like the seat behind it works nope no electricity on the bus at all my phone is almost dead i need music for the game whatever i figure i get that all figured out at the rink i just have a scratch charge my phone while i'm getting ready we get there i'm starting to get dressed and i notice that on the rink there's a bunch of people in towson jerseys and they're you know older gentlemen in their 30s and 40s as well they ended up scheduling their kind of alumni game beforehand and all of them stayed for the game for the actual team. And little do you know, they set up right behind my net with a cooler of what I'm going to assume is beer. I wasn't really paying attention to what they were drinking, but I can imagine it was some sort of alcoholic beverage. And they just sat behind me. You know, I'm 18 years old. I'm playing my first real game and they are just letting me hear it. Every time I let in a goal, they're like, you know, they're all cheering, getting super excited. You know, I guess alumni do their, their support of the team. And we ended up winning in overtime. And all I really wanted to do was just turn around, take my gloves off and flip them off. And I am very glad I didn't because that would not have been a good look. But that was, I would say, is my uh, welcome to the ACHA moment, getting heckled by a bunch of 40, 50-year-old guys. And this is like right when you, you started too. So were they ripping any family guy chirps from behind the glass? I'll be honest. I was just trying to kind of ignore them. I don't really remember the exact chirps, but they were just letting me hear it. That was probably one of my kind of my more fun fan interactions, just getting chirped by a bunch of, you know, 
older older gentleman. I'm going through and I'm trying to see if I can pull up the score sheet from this game. Give me one sec. Well, you can pull up my stats from senior year. Just don't look a freshman or a junior year. 3-2 overtime win Saturday, October 19th. Steven Glick win. Two goals. Yeah, there we go. You won 50 seconds into overtime? Thank God uh, I didn't get any shots against because I probably would have let it up. So, But I mean, it, it, definitely a great way to get my first uh, ECHA win. All right. Well, I figure we can kind of just go in order of the questions. And if, if you put the question on the sheet you can you can rattle it off but i'll go next glick i want to know teammate that you'll tell your kids about someday i saw this question and one name instantly popped in mind is going to be jumbo joey galitsky uh he was my goalie partner since freshman year and cannot say enough great things about this kid i've had plenty of goalie partners in my very long and storied career that's sarcasm but i did play with a lot of goalies and he is without a doubt my favorite goalie partner he's always there to you know support me when i'm when i'm in the net at practice he's just a great guy to be around without a doubt one of the best people i've ever had a chance to play the game of hockey with and he's perfect him and i are perfect too because i'm a little bit more reserved quiet and he's very outgoing and a little bit more you know energetic so we really do balance each other out very well these past four years who had the burger question Oh, I think I added that one. Click. <laughs> where's the best place for a burger in all of the ACHA? This is without a doubt at Iceline, the rank that Westchester plays at. I mean, they have like a full-on bar above their rank. And this burger, I mean, it was probably one of the first ones I reviewed. It was my freshman year. Of course, I wasn't playing against Westchester, one of the top teams in our conference. I'll be honest, I was kind of happy because that was a pretty good goddamn burger. It just sucks I wasn't 21 yet, so I couldn't have a beer with it. Collins and I know it very well. We lived there for five days. <laughs> didn't you get the burger at one point? I didn't get the burger that week. My freshman year when Glick made the ACHA Burgers account, we made we remade his video. Like we didn't even know Glick yet. We just followed ACHA Burgers and we filmed my roommate, Johnny Cajola, who was scratched, giving a burger review. And I remember we tagged Glick and I remember being so mad because we tagged him and he. I don't think he ever saw it. And we, we just wanted some respect from the Burger King. I'm going to be honest. I checked that account when I was using maybe like once every couple months. So I apologize <laughs> to the Syracuse faithful. The, the funny thing is I do remember the first time I got someone to follow the account that wasn't a Temple hockey player. And this is again before I met Murph was a Syracuse player. And I was like really confused. Like why are people from Syracuse following this stupid burger account <laughs> that I made basically to like as a joke with like the guys? Uh, that's unbelievable. Favorite road trip. That is going to be, without a doubt, the Buffalo Meltdown Showcase we had this year. A lot of people were really pissed off about this being on our schedule because it was over Halloween weekend. But without a doubt, everyone absolutely loved it. Funny thing is, on senior night, at least half the guys said that their favorite moment was this trip. But it was just great time, three great games. Uh, the second game was an ODR game. I mean, it was just gorgeous to play against. I believe I played against Western Michigan that morning. And just to play a game at 8, 8 a.m., the sun is, you know, just barely risen you get to the rink and the, the sun is literally rising and it was just a great time and uh buffalo kind of a fun city not gonna lie i was not expecting much when we uh when we hit the town it was we had a pretty decent time yeah the the slogan is keep buffalo a secret if you want to have a great time go to the next year's buffalo meltdown yeah you guys had a had a much better time than we did so <laughs> <laughs> didn't you guys get stuck in an elevator yeah we did Nine of our rookies got stuck in an elevator. Those pictures I took of you on the ODR rink are up there for for some of my favorite pictures we've ever taken. So 
Um, I'm glad to to share that with you. All right. This is the last question I had. I, I kind of knew the answer to this, but favorite place to play. Yeah. My favorite place to play is without a Dow McMullen Arena. Um, there have been some other ranks that I've played. I maybe like one-off ranks. Like um, I, I play one game, I like, hey, but a rank that I have been to a couple of times and just always enjoy going down there is McMullen Arena, um, the home of Navy Ice Hockey. I had some really great memories, a lot of great games against Navy. I have played my last ever ACHA game there in playoffs. And it's just such a unique rank. It's against, you know, such a really unique school. And I'll be very excited to be able to tell my kids one day that I got a chance to play against Naval Academy at the rink. All right, I, I see it on here. You seem pretty confident in this answer, but who is winning the ECHA next year? Fucking Isals, baby. I mean, how can I not root for them? Sorry, Collins. You know, I wish you all the best, but I got to, I got to support the boys here. What's in the pipeline at Temple that fans, fans at home can be excited about? Well, first of all, we're moving to a new rink that is an absolute shithole. Always a great sign. You know, it's going to be um, Coach Adam's second year. His first year, last year was his first time being ever a head coach. His second year is going to be a little bit more mature. And um, I know we're going to have a lot of great rookies coming in, a lot of great returning players. I'm just really excited for what this year has to come. Where are you guys moving next year? Uh, Northeast Skate Zone. Oh, yeah, no, that's a great rink. That's, that's going to be uh, a lot more fun than yeah. going to Igloo. Yeah, and it's a bit easier. You can go there by uh, public transport, like just take the SEPTA down, which is SEPTA is like a regional rail in Philadelphia. So we'll hopefully be able to get a couple more fans to our games too. Hopefully a better live stream angle. I sure hope so, man. <laughs> One of the things our coach complained about this year is like, wow, our live streams are terrible. I'm like, I know, but there's just really nothing we can do about it, unfortunately, with the way uh, the Igloo set up. What's like your all-time Philly moment? Like something that could only happen in Philly? Your quintessential Philly moment? I have a couple that I would say if it wasn't on the air, but I'd say one thing I could definitely say on the air is probably my first beer Olympics. I'll be honest, I didn't really drink that much my freshman year, but this is probably one of my most favorite just memories overall with Temple Hockey. I mean, we were up on on, on the roof of the hockey house that year, hanging out with the fellas and just looking out and you see the Philly skyline, the sun is setting. I mean, surreal moment and definitely just quintessential Philly and really was kind of a like a sign of things to come and Philly's great. It's a great city. You're going to have a great time these next four, these next like three and a half years. Most underrated and overrated spots for Philly food. This is clip worthy. Like this, this is going to make people mad right here. Let's give us your takes, Click. Most overrated are Pat's and Geno's. They are absolutely tourist traps. You can give me a chicken breast and I can make a better Philly cheesesteak than these places. They are absolutely terrible. Go to an actual good Philly cheesesteak place if you're here. Steve's is by far my favorite. There's a couple other like kind of more kind of hidden places that serve the best cheesesteaks in Philly. But my favorite place overall is a little uh, restaurant in Chinatown in Chinatown called Penang. Some of the best food, not just in Chinatown, but I've ever had in my life. If you're ever traveling down to face any Philly team and you want to have a nice meal and it's relatively affordable on a college budget. I mean, I absolutely love this place and they give you a lot of food and it's some of the best food you will ever have. All right. I, I appreciate this question. I'll ask if you could have played any team in any league, who would it have been? Uh, that's an easy answer. I'm gonna have to go with Syracuse. Um, I'll be honest, Murph. You know, I, I've known you since freshman year. Really 
does suck. We've never had a chance to sh- um, share an ice sheet together, and I really just want to see who would win out of the Hockey House uh, originals, Murph or I. That would be sick. I think yeah. – I'm thinking now, you talk about the Buffalo meltdown. I'm surprised with the number of teams in Philly. I feel like there should be a weekend where there's like a Philly showcase. Like I don't know if you do it like Veterans Day weekend. Maybe like you do with all the rinks in Philly and all the teams in Philly. You could get so many teams flying in. I don't know. Maybe we, we might be onto something. Was there something like that? Yeah, my freshman year, it was called the – the Philly five or the Philly four. And basically it was, it was actually one of the, our first like weekend of games. And we just had all the Philly schools, Drexel, Penn, uh, St. Joe's. I don't think Villanova was there because Villanova is not a real Philly school, but we all just kind of had a couple of uh, exhibition games before the, uh, the actual season started. I did some digging. There used to be a, it existed for quite a long time. It was Penn, Drexel, Temple, Villanova, and St. Joe's, the Philly five or no, wait, was it? I don't know. I forget. But I proposed on Twitter last year that we do something like the cheesesteak cup and like replace it and try to like get the final at Wells Fargo, our own version of the bean pot. I actually do remember it. It's called the City Six. There were six teams. I'm, I'm, I cannot remember that final team. I think LaSalle might have had a team that year. I think they've disbanded since, but. Yeah, I mean, well, I would like to your point, Glick, of like, we never got to face off on the ice. Like, what if it was like the Buffalo meltdown, but every team played three games in a weekend and like Drexel would play three home games, but each game Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they would play a different team. And then those teams would all rotate who they played. So if like Syracuse came to Philly for the weekend, maybe they're playing Drexel Friday night. Westchester Saturday, Villanova on Sunday, you know, and then in the there would be three other teams rotating. I don't know. could be interesting. I feel like Philly's a pretty easy place to travel in and out of. So get some teams that aren't – maybe some teams from the Midwest who don't get to come out to Philly could fly, play some some quality opponents. That would be a, a good idea. But that would have been cool if we got to play. I, I was fortunate enough. Collins got to see me lace them up against uh, Nova down there. Cuse, of course, will play the Bobcats next year. But I, I unfortunately did not get the David Herman matchup. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Collins, I'll toss it over to you for a couple questions. Yeah, so food seems to be a pretty pretty consistent theme throughout all these lists or all all these questions. What is the best non-burger food item you've had in the ACHA? This one was a tough one to to come up with because usually I am ordering a burger on a matter rink, but this is my favorite non-burger food without a doubt is Lehigh Valley's pretzel. I don't know how they make these pretzels so special. I don't know. Maybe they make them from scratch. Maybe they just have like actual equipment that knows how to like actually keep a pretzel warm rather than like the other rinks but their pretzels are to die for i mean it was really funny our senior year so many of us got them before our game their coach literally yelled at us like oh you guys are playing a game in 45 minutes and you're eating pretzels like that's a joke and we're all just like but the pretzels are so good i can second that pretzel i've i had it when i was scratched against lehigh that pretzel cinnamon pretzel and the hot chocolate there is really good which team or player in the echa has the best die i hate to give this answer but it's going to be westchester i mean i've always loved that gold and purple combo all their goalies in my four years i cannot think of one goalie that had bad style they almost always have custom pads with that with that purple and gold and it is just definitely some of the best die if not the best die in the in the acha i feel like their starter had a really good set when we played them i just remember like he had the he had the painted mask and then the purple and gold pads I, I i agree with that answer in terms of like programs that you maybe you've played against or haven't gotten to play against but have maybe seen across the league What's a program that you think is going to be on the rise in the next couple of years? I mean, there's so many. Uh, I'm going to specifically 
just say all the teams down south, like, uh, you know, thank you, Gamecocks, your UGAs, but I'm going to specifically say Alabama. I mean, that is, if there's any school that should go like Division One from the south, it should be Alabama. I mean, it is a no-brainer. The second that team gets an NCAA Division One program, they are going to have so many fans, and it would just be absolutely awesome to see like a, a team from the south having a chance to compete division one. I know they had um, a team before at a smaller school, but I think if Alabama can get it done, it will be incredibly successful. I mean, they're, they're doing the the UA build a rink campaign. And I saw a drawing of what that rink would look like from the outside. And it will, it looked gorgeous. And I was just thinking like, wow, if, if they got a rink on campus while they were still ACHA, like game over for the rest of us if they got a rink on campus and they were division one acha i would assume it would be like a penn state where they would do i guess penn state had that rink on campus but it wasn't very nice before they built the new one but it would be i mean if they could just get a rink i mean it seems like they're building college hockey rinks smaller and smaller these days you saw uconn and sacred heart and those ones barely seat 2000 so uh i mean something like that for alabama i mean Arizona's building theirs that's going to seat 2,000. Building a rink on campus would be huge for Alabama because right now they're like, we talked about it all the time, but they're 45 minutes out. They still draw pretty good crowds in Pelham there. So I I, I think that would be definitely interesting to, to keep an eye on. Click, now that you've kind of seen that what the last three years of club hockey looks like, what do you think the next three years of club hockey looks like? I can only see the ACHA going up from here. I mean, from my freshman year to my senior year, just – the amount of people that know what the ACHA is and just the quality of play has exploded tremendously. And I think it is truly in part due to the hockey house, just overall, not just us five, but everyone really advocating for the ACHA, telling their friends who are looking at college, like, hey, you know, come to this school, you're gonna have a great time, you're gonna get have a great education and play some really great hockey. Because I'll be honest, when I was a, um, a senior in high school, I didn't know about the ACHA. I now speak to you know some of my buddies who are in high school and they know a lot about the ACHA. So this next kind of crop of players joining, they're only going to advocate for the ACHA even stronger than us and just really continue to grow the game bigger and better and just bigger and better. I can't remember which coach said this to me at the showcase in Chicago, but he said, we're going to put Division Three hockey out of business. And I was like, wow, like get that on a t-shirt, like si- sign me up for that. Imagine a world where we live in where like division one ACHA is more competitive than division three. Like, I don't think it's that insane to think that, but just a, a statement like that. I know her, you're wincing, but like, again, I'm not discrediting the top half of division three NCAA hockey, the schools with the rinks on campuses, the strong traditions, the funding from their schools. It's that bottom half where it's like, if you're a coach at those schools, you're sweating it out every time you get a Imagine being on the phone with a kid and you want to give him a spot and he's like, oh, Arizona said I could go there. And it's like, or even like the South Carolinas, the Georgia's building, Georgia's going to play in a a lot, a hundred thousand dollar locker room at an arena that seats 2000 people. Like what is that going to look like? And so the craziest thing about that statement is it's not that crazy when you think about it, that that's, that's what I'm thinking. So yeah, I think you're, you're right on that click, but I just got to say, clip that for Instagram. That is going to, that will do numbers. People are going to get heated in the comments. (laughs) Uh, I'll, I'll fight that battle any day. Click looking back on your time at temple. uh, What is one word that comes to mind for you? That word is unforgettable. 
Um, to think that, in all honesty, I wasn't even expecting to play college hockey. I, I honestly came to Temple. Like I said, I didn't know what club hockey was. I just kind of showed up on campus for academics and ended up making their club team. And just four years later, all the memories I have, all the, uh, the relationships I built, all the friendships I've developed, there is no putting into words how playing ACHA hockey has impacted my life. And, you know, I'm just incredibly happy I did it. Like I said earlier, I will 100% advocate for the ACHA for absolutely everyone who wants to really get that great college experience, but also play incredibly competitive hockey and have a great four years. Awesome stuff. Well, I think that's a, a good segue into our question of the week. Fitzy, I'll throw it over to you first. What are some words of advice that you would give to an underclassman or an incoming freshman looking to play ACHA or AAU college hockey? Kind of got two answers, like one's hockey and one's school. With school, just like you got to make sure you don't sit in your dorm all day. Get out there and, and socialize with people. Join different clubs that you can afford with your time if you're playing hockey. And uh, just make sure you, you build a lot of relationships and meet people. Hockey-wise, uh, I remember when I was a freshman, I was looking around the locker room and uh, I was at the call-out meeting. I was looking around the uh, the auditorium and I was like, oh my God, like there's so many kids here. Like, How am I going to make the team? Like even if I make the team, like I'm, I'm going to be scratched, whatever. Don't think that way. Come in there and bet on yourself and trust that you'll, you'll be able to make the team, whatever it may be. But like, just, just don't be scared. Hockey guys are, are good guys and uh, just go out there and, and do your best. You'll be fine. Herm, for maybe some of the kids that are listening to this that maybe aren't sure if they want to continue playing hockey in college, but they still want to get involved in the game, or maybe they just love hockey from the beginning and they want to get, you know, an opportunity to working in sports. What would you say to those kids coming into their freshman year of college? Uh, first off, I echo Fitzy's advice because I was that freshman who sat in his dorm. And that is one of my biggest regrets uh, is I didn't get out there and get active. And uh, it wasn't four years of that memorable Ohio experience like I had wanted. It was a little bit less than that. Part of that's my own doing. So I, I kind of am living proof of, of what Fitzy's talking about. But for the media kids, just like go for it, man. This afternoon, I just had a great conversation with Alex Holm, who's going to be funny enough, a freshman in Indiana. And she was asking me questions about the Hoosiers program and what it's like to get involved with, with that. She was very excited when she heard that I was doing Hockey House, and I told her that it's kind of like the Wild West in the ACHA. Like, you, you seize your opportunities, you take advantage of your creative freedom, and you develop your skill sets as much as you can. You see these programs develop people that go on to the next level, whether that's me at the AHL level or beyond at the NHL level, like Caroline Sellers. Like, these people, you, you will succeed because of the work that you put in at club hockey. Pressure makes diamonds and the kids that come out of the ACHA are diamonds. Well said. Well said. Collins, what do you, what do you got for us? I mean, you're, you're still on the inside here. The rest of us old geezers are on the way out the door. Um, you still got boots on the ground. What would you say to, to an underclassman or a freshman coming in? I got a sec a second. Everything Herm has just said, spending time doing media for, for Villanova, I think has been far more valuable to me than, you know, working for an athletics department, because I feel like with an athletics department, depending on the school, you might get limited in your creativity and you might just end up making graphics based off templates that, you know, the school has has already pre-approved and you're just going to be sitting there grinding out graphics for every team. On the hockey side of things, I would have to say, enjoy every single moment. My three years have absolutely blown by and that might be in part due to the fact that my freshman year, I was sat inside a dorm room, not by choice, but 
because of COVID. It's 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 just crazy how fast this goes by. And all of my favorite memories have all come not actually on the ice, but in the locker room, in the van ride to to practice, on the bus. Like that's where the memories are made. You know, when you make that commitment to to join join the team, don't complain about like, oh, you know, oh, we got to go on this road trip when there's this party this weekend. Those are the memories that you're going to never forget. There's always going to be something hilarious that happens on every single road trip, on every single van ride, every single practice. There's going to be something that you're going to be telling your kids about when, you know, they get to that age and they're looking at playing college hockey. Like this has been the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. And just kind of savor, savor the moment. Click, I'll throw it to you next. What, what do you got for us? I mean, it is tough to add to the advice the previous three guys said. I mean, just want to, you know, reiterate everything that they're saying. Incredible piece of advice. But just two things I kind of want to add is number one is don't be kind of embarrassed of that club title. Now, obviously, don't be that guy at a frat party saying like, yeah, I played division one, like purposely excluding the club part. Be humble, but also be proud of the fact that you did make you know, your, your club team, it, it definitely isn't easy. You know, you've likely been playing this sport for a very, very, very long time previous to college. And just that you're going to have a great time both on and off the ice. And my other uh, piece of advice is to get involved off the ice. Um, that includes both like away from hockey, you know, get involved in professional organizations in your field, get involved in like other social organizations. Maybe it's for, maybe it's fraternity, maybe it's chess club, just find something to do outside of hockey, just to make sure that you're meeting people in other social circles, but also get involved with the team off the ice. The decision to run, to be on the e-board for Temple Hockey was probably one of the best decisions I made professionally. You know, being president in my senior year, directly helped me get the job that I have now. How many other 21-year-olds can walk into an interview and say, hey, I interviewed for coaches for the team I played for. Being the president of a club hockey team, Murph will, will likely second this. You're going to be put into situations that will mature you and prepare you for real life more than anything else you'll get in college. I totally agree. It's funny. I didn't put anything on the note sheet either. And I was just like listening to what you guys had to say. And I was like, all right, by the time everyone's done talking, I should come up with something to say. And you guys all hit really good points. And one thing that I think I've just been noticing recently, and I know we live in like a different world of college where like college athletes are hitting the transfer portal all the time. And we live in a bit of a different situation where we've always been able to do that because uh, you know it's the ACHA or it's AAU college hockey. Don't be afraid to embrace like the suckiness of it. When you get to freshman year, I think it's really easy to be like, this isn't what I thought it was. Like, where are the big crowds? Where is the my time on the power play? How come I have to pay for my equipment? Like, there's certain things that are going to suck about the first couple of years that I think you have to get through because it makes it worth it on the other end. And for guys like Glick and I and, and even Collins and Fitzy and her, I'm sitting here like we all sat through the pandemic. Like that was our suck. Like there was a time we were all in college where it was either taken away from us or we were there and it wasn't what we were told it was going to be. And so pandemic or not that that happens at places, they go to a school expecting one thing and then there's a coaching change. You know, you get cut from the D1 team, but you got to play for the ACHA D2 team. Like there's all kinds of things. And I'm a sole believer in, and everything happens for a reason. So just use opportunities to build from it. Don't 
don't run from adversity, embrace the suck, all that fun stuff, because it makes the experience worth it. That That is kind of my takeaway. I, I echo what all of you said, and I hope that the kids listening this take away from it. And I'm sure the guys listening to this, I mean, when I, I'm like listening to what you guys said, I'm like, oh, shoot, did I do that? Like, I hope I got out of the dorm enough my freshman year of college. Like, I don't want to regret it in a couple of years, but I'll, ra- I'll, I'll start picking up the pucks first, though. Um Picking up pucks and AKA packing up the house. It's just been so tough. I mentioned at the start of the episode, as soon as we're done here is when I'll take the microphone off the desk and put the monitor away and take down the jerseys and the hats, but heck of a run from, from hockey house HQ looking forward to bringing this from North Conway, New Hampshire for the next couple of weeks and then Staten Island, New York, the rest of the summer. But you know, it's nice. We have this thing and yes, this thing has been fun to do from Syracuse, New York, but we're going to continue to do it from other places for as long as we possibly can. So thanks to everyone who's been listening along the way. And I'll I'll turn it over to Collins because you got a nice gift this week. So I want to make sure you you give a shout out to that. First off though, I do got to say, just because you're moving out of the hockey house does not mean the hockey house will be gone. We still have a hockey house in Villanova, so there will at least be, still be somebody at a hockey house. I wanted to shout out the NYU guys for uh, sending me a jersey. Not up on the wall now, but it was up on the wall up at Villanova. I can't put it up here because it's going to, you know, even 3M strips are going to rip the paint off the wall. So fortunately, that will be up on the wall as soon as I move into our hockey house up uh, at Villanova. Secondly, I am really going to miss Glick. It's been a pleasure spending Wednesday nights with him the past year, you know, talking hockey on the pod and seeing him, you know, two times a year, more than two times a year, actually, when Villanova plays Temple. So it, it's been uh, it's been a blast. Uh, you know, I've had some great memories with this guy, whether it was uh, running CHF Nationals in, in 2022, where it was both our, our first times doing, you know, live uh, social for, for the hockey house. And we both felt kind of lost, um, you know, Buffalo this year and, and the countless times we've played each other. So definitely one of the best guys to have around. And uh, I'm glad I was able to play against him. I'm going to miss you too, buddy. It's, it was definitely great to have you on. It's great to have a goalie, you know, for the first like year and a half, I was the only one. It's great to have someone else who kind of understands me. Definitely. Only goalies understand goalies. Herm, you mentioned that you surprised your, your mother for Mother's Day, but um, it sounds like you, you sacrificed something very valuable that weekend. Whoever stole my autographed Johnny Busick jersey that I sniped on eBay out of my doorway when I was away for Mother's Day, please return it because that sucks a lot because I saw the photo that from FedEx that it was in my doorway and I'm waiting for my landlady to get back to me because we have a security camera pointed directly at my door. So if it's one of the residents in the apartment, we're going to have a not fun conversation about it realistically who leaves a package that says autographed hockey jersey on it very plainly in a doorway that is open to the just ridiculous ridiculous i it was it was when some you we hate to see it we hate to see it we hate to see it i don't know what's what's worse is losing a jersey or what happened to fitzy this morning fitzy what what do you got for us you guys aren't going to believe this. I, I go to play rat hockey this morning. First time playing puck back here in Chicago, walking into the rink, and all of a sudden I feel these like talons in the back of my head, and I start freaking out. It's a, one of those red-winged blackbirds literally like swooped down and attacked me for I don't know why, and uh, it just started like, like calling at me. It would have been really funny if someone caught it on camera because I started like I had my like stick as like a defense weapon and I just kind of ran into the rink. But I'm like scarred from that. I'm really like I was checking the skies on my way home. That's that's something I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life. I figured I'd, I'd bring a, a, a lighthearted moment to uh, this 
the sad episode of, of Glick leaving us. As if you hadn't been through enough injuries already this season. You, you got birds exactly. coming after you. From you behind, was Chicago it from behind, and... too? Was it the, yeah. the numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Five in a game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, Glick, take us home. Man, this is... The- this is really bittersweet, but I just kind of want to give a couple of shout outs to my last episode. First and foremost, most importantly, I want to shout out my parents and my sister, Kira. They were the ones who were there when I was 10 years old, had my 8 a.m. practices. They were the ones who drove me. They were the ones who you know, provided equipment for me growing up. They're the ones who drove me to all the tournaments, all the showcases, all the practices, went to every single one of the Temple home games or tried to as much as they can, even to a couple of very, very long road trips. They came if they knew I was playing and even sometimes when I wasn't playing. A massive shout out to them. I, I want to shout out Kyle Smedley Smeds. He was the president before me. And he really, really helped me out kind of with that transition. He also, also studied risk management, also worked in the insurance industry. So he really helped me professionally as well. Um, I want to shout out the officers that I had an opportunity to work with this year, uh, Pillar, Ringo, Sauer, and Mags. It was a very tough year. We lost our coach. He um, stepped down before the season started. It was a very tough year behind the scenes, but they did a phenomenal job of helping me run the team. Uh, I want to give a very special shout out to the entirety, all the seniors at Temple this year. Um, there's 10 of us in total, and I could not have asked for a better group of guys to spend these past four years. I want to say thank you to all the listeners of the Hockey House. I mean... You guys are the reason that the Hockey House is able to do the things it does. You guys really helped us grow the game of club hockey, the ACHA and AAU hockey is all thanks to you guys. And most importantly, I mean, I want to shout out, you know, Murph, Fitzy, uh, Herm and Collins. I mean, the fact that I was able to join you guys on this journey of basically taking what was an idea that started in a TikTok comment section and Instagram group chat to just how big of a brand it is and just the impact it's had on, you know, college club hockey and just hockey players all across the country. It could not have been done without all the work that you guys do. Um, and, you know, I'm really going to cherish all the memories I have in Zencaster and Zoom recording these episodes. And it really does. I'm very happy and grateful to have been able to do all that I've been able to do with you guys. And I'd wish you guys the best of luck. You know, I'm always going to support you guys. I'm going to support, you know, the ACHA, AAU hockey and the hockey house motto and just kind of what the hockey house stands for. And if you guys ever need an uh, e-bug, I'm always uh, on, on the phone. I can always uh, dust off this microphone, but no, but seriously, thank you guys so much. Really could not have asked for a better group of guys to do what I've done since freshman year. Well, we wouldn't have had it any other way, Glick. Thank you so much. And uh, I think it's only fitting with the graduation just happening that you're hanging up the microphone. But like you mentioned, it's crazy how this all started, but we're glad you came along for the ride. No, Glick, you, you get the reins. You get to say this. It's all you today. <laughs> See ya, boys. <laughs>